0: Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org The Iron Flute K79 Toksan's Ultimate Teaching Seppo asked Toksan Can I grasp The ultimate teaching attained by the masters of old? Fugai. Fugai. He has a tendency toward kleptomania. Tokson hit Seppo with his stick and said, what are you talking about? Fugai. What a kind old grandmother. The following day, not having realized Toksan's teaching, Seppo repeated his question. Fugai, is not one head enough? Toksan replied, in Zen, there are no words nor is there anything that can be given. Fugai. What a poor statement. Ganto heard about this dialogue and said, Toksan has an iron backbone, but he spoils us with his soft words. Fugai. One plays the flute, the other dances. Nyogen Sanzaki's comment. Ganto was a senior student under Tokusan at the time. Seppo was practicing at the monastery. Bugai is as much an intruder as Ganto. Genro's comment. Toksan stole the sheep, and Ganto proved it. Such a father, such a son, a good combination. Yogen Senzaki. A noble once told Confucius about an honest subject who testified in court that his father had stolen the sheep. Genro took his comment from the Analects. An honest person upholds the law without regard to sentiment. Zen, too, must be upheld without a trace of sentiment. A good teacher never spares a good student. Genro's verse, dragon head and snake tail. Fugai, what a monster. A toy is given to stop a child's crying. Fugai, valuable toy. Ganto spoke as a bystander. Fugai, a bystander who could see. All out of allegiance to dharma. Fugai, under a tithe, only a tithe was paid. Earlier today, someone gave my whole show for me. This person said, wow. So anything that I can add is just worse than Fugai's comments. These are the last precious hours of this one day as it draws to a close. Earlier, snowflakes were dancing in the sunlight. You know the verse, many of you, beautiful snowflakes. Each falls in its own place. None can fall in an inappropriate place. Each of you, a Snowflake, your own true being. Unique never before, never again. Don't take my word for it. Look around. Look at each other. I know you're not supposed to do that, but (laughs) I say it's a good idea because you're so beautiful, beautiful. You know, at the beginning of session, I told you The lines I heard myself say when I was in Zazen right after Nikita's death This land is boundless without me. This mind is boundless without me. This love is boundless without me. And I think we've all had a taste of that boundlessness that comes when we are not trapped in what we might call ego-centered concerns and confusion. But today, This ego entity, this separated individuality is none other than the marvelous revelation of its glorious light. This me is boundless. how can it be anything but so don't divide yourself against yourself there is nothing that is not anybody want to fill in the blank hmm Hmm? A Dharma Gate. A Dharma Gate. Nothing that is not. Anybody? Okay. Okay. Nothing that is not. Huh? Perfect and. (laughs) Moo. nothing that is not love. I didn't hear the mew or the moo or the... You. 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 Mm -hmm. You are boundless. This is what we come to feel and somehow what happens in this session in this wonderful one day of Rohatsu is that this trust deepens. Such a simple thing. This trust deepens, but it changes your life forever. To feel the spontaneity and the freedom. That come through this intensive practice is really something transformative. So don't worry. Some of you have already expressed worry about what happens after tomorrow morning. Nothing happens. (laughs) Whatever it is, is nothing but what you have found out for yourselves here. And when something comes along and shakes you into those old patterns of Worry and confusion, anxiety, and feeling stuck, grabbed hold of. All you have to do is exhale with tender reverence for your own. Precious being. This is it. So today, in this case, we meet three old friends. They are friends. We are friends with them. Toksan Senkan, who lived from 780 to 865, And who, like most Chinese masters of old, studied the Buddhist canon, the Tripitaka, three baskets, the sutras, the shastras, and the vinaya. The shastras are commentaries. The vinaya are what? Code of precepts. Hmm? The precepts. Right precepts, monastic regulations. And Toksan was particularly drawn to the basket of sutra study. Now, Rinzai tells us In the past, I studied the Vinaya intensively, and I also investigated the sutras and shastras. Later, I realized that these were mere prescriptions for medicine and superficial descriptions. Eventually, I relinquished them all, searched for the way, and started to practice then. Later, I met outstanding teachers. At last, my dharma eye became clear. Thus, I could discern all kinds of teachers under heaven and tell the true from the fake. This discerning eye was not With me when I was born from my mother. Rather, after extreme discipline and ceaseless investigation, one day, all of a sudden, I could clearly see who. I am. So he speaks of this so beautifully for each one of us, doesn't he? What is Rohatsu but extreme discipline, ceaseless investigation? And one day, today, can clearly see who you are. Now you may say, well, I had a little glimpse, but it was gone in a minute or two. What was that minute or two? the whole of it. Never disparage what has come to you. Time has no import here. So, dropping away. When Dogen went to China and heard the Chan master there say, drop off mind and body. Mind and body drop. that's when he realized his true nature. So all those old notions of how we need to live, how constrained we are by them, dropping away and newly born, And with that comes an extraordinary amount of sensitivity. Have you noticed? The slightest sound, wow, a shift in the sunlight. Our chanting as one. If you get sleepy, please stand up. Do not doze, especially if you're on a chair. It's a sure recipe for having a nap. And I understand, need to be on chair. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, let's be here together. All right, all right, all right. So Tokson investigated the sutras, which in particular? A diamond sutra. A diamond sutra. Yes, every day we have been doing this. And today we heard the grand finale. Like a dream, like a fantasy, a bubble in a stream, a flash of lightning in a summer cloud. Anyway, he became a Diamond Sutra scholar. And he decided, having heard that in the southern part of China, there were people who were basically, as far as he was concerned, heretics of Buddhism, followers of the Zen school. Did you know you were a heretic? Who adhered to a transmission outside the scriptures, independent of words and phrases, directly pointing mind to mind? What? This, by the way, this story can be found in the Mumon Khan case 28. So he set out, stake firmly in hand, to plunge into the earth of southern China. Remember the stake to which you can be enchained? So to stake his territory. And on his back, what did he carry? Hmm. He carried a big sack on his back of his commentaries on this Diamond Sutra. And he stopped to have a bite to eat at a little wayside tea shop. And of course, he wanted a little something. And he asked for a Tenzin. Now, this word has two meanings. You may remember, some of you. It means snack. What else? Hmm? Put light on the heart. Light on the heart. To give light to the heart mind or refresh the mind. Yes, tension. So lighting up, lighting up the heart. And the old woman who is the proprietor there, you have to watch out for these tea ladies. <laughs> She asked, oh, what do you have in that big pack? Commentaries on the Diamond Sutra. Oh, she said, well, then I have a question for you. And if you can answer, you can have your tenzin for free. And if you can't, you'll have to go elsewhere. She said, I understand that the Diamond Sutra says it is impossible to retain past mind, impossible to hold on to present mind, impossible to grasp future mind. So, I would like to ask you, O oh Diamond Sutra scholar, with what mind will you have your Tenzin? <gasps> with all my readings, all my commentaries, what does this old lady see? that I don't. So then he asked her, with a newfound humility, do you know a good teacher around here? <laughs> oh, yes, she said. Not far away is Master Yudan Xin. So he went. And spent some time there asking about how the Zen view of the Diamond Sutra is. And many, many questions. And Ryutan finally said, you know, it's getting late. You'd better go now. San parted the bamboo curtain to take his leave. Then what? Very dark outside. Not as dark as his own mind, however. So Yutan kindly lit a paper lantern, handed it to him, and just as Toksan took it, what happened? So there he was in absolute darkness and his mind lit up. The following day, he took all those commentaries and burned them and then he left. But later, he returned and spent How long with Ryutan? 30 years. Got to be, right? (laughs) If we're going to do time, it's either one day or 30 years. And became his Dharma heir. And Hokusan became quite a great Zen master, very fierce. Used his stick liberally, as we see in this koan. And his words are well known. 30 blows if you can speak, 30 blows if you cannot. So one day he said to his monks, as soon as you ask, You have erred as soon as some question comes out of your mouth. You're in deep shit. If you don't ask, you're also wrong. A monk came forward (laughs) and bowed. Toksan struck him. The monk said, I just bowed. (laughs) Why did you hit me? Toksan said, what use would it have been to wait for you to open your mouth? (laughs) Such a master. Later in life. He became quite subtle, mild, mellow. What flowed from him was deep contentment and equanimity. Which reminds me of something that Edo Roshi told us about Yamamoto Genpo Roshi, who was very elderly at the time. He had been the abbot of Utakaji and then transmitted and gave the succession to the abbotship, to Soen Roshi. Edo Roshi said, He taught that we are all right just as we are. He said, just purify your karma. Practice virtue and don't strive. Now, I know some of you are going, huh? That's sin? Yes. It is. He said, striving creates the biggest impediment. What's the difference between striving and right effort? Ego. hmm Somebody is getting in the way. I am a very strong, determined Zen student. I will strive to get something, attain something. This is really very difficult. We don't always realize that we have gotten caught up in this kind of egotistical practice. We think it's for a good cause. I'm going to get rid of my ego. (laughs) Aye. And Rinzai, too, said, followers of the way, As to Buddha Dharma, no artificial effort is necessary. Just be natural. Don't strive. This is Buji. As it is, you are fine. And then this verse from Rinzai. Shitting... Pissing, putting on clothes, eating food, and lying down when you are tired. Fools may laugh at me, but the wise understand. So, of course, you have to bash your head against the wall for a few years before you get to that point. Striving, striving, striving. Oh. Just naturally. So beautiful. So how about his student, Seppo, Seppo Gison, who lived from 822 to 908? It is said that when he was a young child being carried on his mother's back, one day he saw a funeral procession. This had a deep impact. lasting effect. I think for all of us, our early years, and some of you from my vantage point are still in those early years, may have had some searing incidents, some very Traumatic occurrences. And sometimes we don't always even remember them, but in some kind of way they bring us to practice. They bring us here. And then what often occurs is things that have long been buried begin to surface. And it's a very difficult process. Painful process. Necessary process. Long years of sitting. Allow this To bring true healing. And even those whose lives are good by conventional standards nice house, new car, happy family. Important work. Even so, there is something. Pebble in the shoe. Pee under the mattress. I don't mean P-E-E. There's a a tale about the princess and the pee. Remember? Sometimes pee, too. Very uncomfortable, right? Wakes you up. some kind of burning question, some awareness of karma, even it may be from past lives. Feeling of regret. And needing to look into this Why am I here? What is my life for? Feeling like that. And of course, our Siddhartha Gautama finally left the castle confines. And what did he see? Having been sheltered from anything untoward, What did he encounter very soon after getting out of the gates? Old age, sickness, and death. Old age, sickness, and death. And asking his retainer in horror, will this happen to everyone? Yes, Yes, sire. Even me. Yes, even you. Each one of you. So this Early experience really affected Seppo, and he left home at the age of 12 to enter a temple and then traveled widely questioning various masters during his teens and then was ordained and went to Toksan's monastery. I think that many of you know that case in the Mumonkan, case 13, Tokusan carries his bowls. And just to summarize, Seppo at that time was the young Tenzo in Tokusan's monastery and had not yet seen into his own nature. And one day, as Tenzo, he saw... His teacher, who was in his eighties at that point, coming down the hall, carrying his bowls. What did he say? Yeah, where are you going? I haven't rung the bell or sounded the drum for the dinner. And what happened? Kok San returned to his quarters. Not a word. What's the matter with you? Why are you talking to me like that? Are you late with the meal? Nothing. Just turned and went back to his room. Seppo. Being young, not only in age, but in his practice, felt a kind of pride. Oh, I told him. (laughs) And later told his brother monk, Ganto Zenkatsu, who was born in 828, so younger than Seppo, but older in the dharma and, as you heard, was killed by bandits when he was 59. He told Ganto about this. And Ganto used all his skillful means to try to shake him out of his own self-regard and proud airs, and it didn't work. And what ensued were many years of wandering in the darkness of ignorance. So in today's koan, too, he has still not been able to realize his true nature, but he knows enough to know he doesn't know and therefore can ask, talks on this question. Can I grasp the ultimate teaching attained by the masters of old? So he knows that much that he doesn't have that ultimate teaching. But how he phrases the question creates problems right from the beginning, right? What's the first problem? Hmm? Can I? I? Of course not. (laughs) But Hakuin said, we just read, Sentient beings are fundamentally Buddha. So can I reach that great understanding that I am fundamentally Buddha? So first problem, can I? What's the next problem? I'll read it again. This time you listen carefully. Can I grasp the ultimate? (laughs) Okay, you got that one. (laughs) The ultimate teaching. What did we hear? Buddha said, Anyone who says that the Tathagata presents a teaching really slanders Buddha. And truth is undeclarable. So an enunciation of truth is just the name given to it. Undeclarable. And how about attained? As for attainment, we chant this in the, in the Heart Sutra, right? There is nothing to be attained. No attainment. And masters of old, so Rinzai has a few things to say about this. first about attainment. Someone asked, what was the intention of bodhidharmas coming from the West? Now that has a familiar ring, right? (laughs) The master said, if there was any intention, he couldn't even have saved himself. The student asked, If there was no intention, why did the second ancestor receive transmission? The master said, To attain, in other words, attain transmission, to attain is the same as no attainment. The student asked, If it is no attainment, what is the meaning of no attainment? The master said, you cannot stop your mind from searching everywhere. Therefore, an ancestor said, you fool, looking for your mind, looking for a head on top of the one you already have. When you hear such words, illuminate yourself with your own light and stop searching outside. Then you will learn that your body-mind is not at all different from the Buddhas and ancestors. Then at once you are free from events. From circumstances. This is bhuji. It can be called obtaining the Dharma, but it is only a name. It is only called that, right? And then another section, he said. This has to do with the masters of old. The reason why students nowadays, nowadays he's talking about when? No. Now. Cannot get it is because they are sticking to names and phrases and think that this is it. They copy some dead old men's sayings into big notebooks, wrapping them in three folds or five folds, hiding them from others, saying to themselves, This is the profound truth, and treating them with reverence. Big mistake! Blind idiots! What kind of juice are you trying to squeeze out from such dried up bones? There are a bunch of students not knowing good from bad who choose and speculate on sayings from the scriptures and make interpretations. They're like people who put shit in their mouths, spit it out, and feed it to others. So for Fugai, hearing this question that Seppo asks Tokusan years later, this happens, right? Fugai lived many, many years later. Fugai says, he has a tendency toward kleptomania. Can I grasp the ultimate teaching attained by the masters of old? Tendency toward kleptomania. You know what kleptomania is? Anybody? Thievery. Hmm? Thievery. Thievery. Compulsion to get it, get it, get more. Go into a store, get another one. Kleptomania. Being a thief for the sutras and sayings of the old masters. So then... Toksan, of course. What are you talking about? Well, I I, I I'd like to uh, I'd like to attain, you know I mean, it's good. I would like to awaken. I'm the masters of old all had their ways of, of awakening and <sighs> what are you talking. At that, with that blow and that, what are you talking about? Fugai said, what a kind old grandmother. You come upon this expression a lot in Zen stories. We tend to think of a kind old grandmother, you know, baking us little cakes and taking us for a walk in the park and teaching us how to, you know, enjoy cooking with her and that sort of thing but in zen it's more ah! get out of here oh so kind <laughs> why this is the whole point of this koan why it's called is this called kind old grandmother Well, let's go on, and you may, you may remember. So, the following day, not having realized Tog-san's teaching, this is the kind old grandmother that was given, Seppo repeated his question. He still hasn't told me. Can I grasp the ultimate teaching attained by the masters of old? Maybe step back a little bit this time. <laughs> Fugai says, "Is not one head enough?" You remember a little while ago, "Don't put someone else's head above your own." You already have your head. What are you asking for? Toksan, hearing the same question the following day, replied, in Zen there are no words, nor is there anything that can be given. So this is interesting. Today, Buddha told us in the Diamond Sutra, Words cannot explain the real nature of the universe. Toksan said, in Zen, there are no words, nor is there anything that can be given. What just happened? And what did he do? Hmm? In Zen, there are no words, nor is there anything that can be given, he said to this student who was asking for words. Right? But he just gave it all away. (laughs) You've heard of holding fast and letting go. He just let go with a big one. You don't think that's funny? <laughs> we talked about shitting. <laughs> Soul Fugai says, What a poor statement. And Ganto then has a comment. Hearing about this dialogue, he says. Togsan has an iron backbone. Let's see your iron backbone. Oh, yeah. But, but, he spoils us with his soft words. His soft words. In Zen, there are no words, he says. Nor is there anything that can be given. This is... An explanation. His blow was enough. So after Ganto says this, he has an iron backbone, but he spoils us with his soft words. Fugai's got another comment, of course. He says, one plays the flute, the other dances. Who is playing the flute here? was dancing. Hmm? We just had this Tokesan on and zen. There are no words nor is there anything that can be given. And then Oh, son has an iron backbone, but he spoils us with his soft words. The opera goes on. Yogen Senzaki says, "Okay, Gondo is a senior student. And Fugai is as much an intruder as Gondo. So he gets a little jab in there. And Genro tells us, Toksan stole the sheep and Ganto proved it. With his words, Toksan stole something. Hmm? What did he steal? His words about no words and nothing given. Seppo is still trying to get something. Hearing this statement, maybe his own realization was stolen. We have to be so careful. He couldn't come to it himself at that point. So, Maybe you'd like to know how he did come to it himself. Somebody may remember this story about Seppo and Ganto traveling together when a terrible snowstorm hit. They had to wait it out at an inn. During that time, Gonto, oh, I'm going to take a nap. Day after day, he slept. Seppo sat (sighs) diligently, striving to attain Enlightenment. Finally, he got very impatient with Ganto, who was snoring away, as he had been for two days, and cried out, elder brother, come on, get up. Can't you do something? Can't you practice with me? Why should I, asked Ganto. So imagine Seventh morning of rohatsu Shinrei Jing ling 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 and you open one eye and you say what for I don't need this I'm already fine just as I am. Today is the seventh day, so you missed your chance. (laughs) Seppo then said in a low voice, Why am I so unlucky to be traveling with a guy who just drags me down? Ever since we got here, he's done nothing but sleep. Hearing this, Ganto shouted, Every day since we got here, you've been sitting there like a stone Buddha. What's the matter with you? Seppo jolted. And then said, well, within myself, I feel no peace. I dare not deceive myself. But if you're sitting like a stone Buddha, what are you doing? There's a certain deception in that, isn't there? Not one of you is sitting like a stone Buddha. Then, very kindly, Ganto said to him, tell me about your experiences up to now. Maybe I can help you. See what is genuine and what is an impediment. And that's when Seppo kind of did a life review of his practice how he had gotten some understanding reading this or hearing a talk, some insight from someone's verse questioning toks on about the great vehicle beyond all vehicles. And guess what? Was struck by him again and again and still did not get it. At that, Ganto said, haven't you heard that what comes in through the front gate is not the family treasure? What comes in through the front gate, what is that? The senses, the eyes, the ears, what you read, what you hear, right? Someone else's understanding. This is the point of this koan. On and on, in different ways we see it and link it to all the other aspects of Seppo's long trials. You must realize your own inner treasure. So then Seppo asked his brother monk, well, what should I do? And Ganto replied, from now on, if you want to be capable of true insight and become a genuine teacher, let everything flow forth from your own heart, mind. Then it will cover heaven and earth. And at this, at last, Sapo was awakened. That's what we've been practicing here. Letting everything flow forth from your own heart, mind. And more and more trusting this. You do have it within you. Day by day, feeling faith in this heart, mind. Covering the entire universe, boundless. And even when you feel a sneak attack from that ego entity, seeing it with more space around it and less credence, less belief in its reality. So this is change on a cellular level. There isn't a single person who has managed to get through this session unscathed. <laughs> Wonderful. Cellular level you are changed. This treasure. So even in the midst of daily life to answer your concerns about the future all you have to do is reunite this fundamental unity, this heart-mind flowing, always here, always offering to you for your life. So you know how it goes. I never get to the verse. I never get to the rest of the colon. Oh, well. Wow! This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.